Welcome to episode four of More Than Just Maps. I'm your host, Ollie Powers. This podcast was created with the intent to help anyone in the GIS field get from where they are now to where they want to be, be that your first job, a career move, or just improving your GIS game overall. On today's episode, I conclude my interview with Brian King, archaeologist turned GIS guru. We'll go over how Brian continues to learn and grow through various outlets, be that teaching at Penn State, running the Orissa Texas Speaker Series, or starting the Frisa Nichols drone program from scratch. All right, so we're back with part two of my interview with Brian King. Um, so Brian, you do a lot of other things besides Eurasia, Texas and all your work at Frisa Nichols. You also teach at Penn State. <laughs> and I was trying to do a little bit of digging around and I've re- realized there's another Brian King at Penn State, so. Um, <laughs> there is, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, so you do that. You also volunteer with, uh, you're a geomentor with American Association of Geographers. So you're doing a lot. You mentioned earlier um, that learning is a big thing for you and you're doing a lot of teaching. So you're hammering this learning thing down. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Penn State and then what you're doing as a geomentor? Well, I, I, I got my master's officially, I think in 2013 from Penn State. And I kind of I really wanted to get into uh, teaching at some point, or to be honest with you, if if I thought I could make a living teaching elementary school or high school and and do what I do, and, and I'd love to do that with kids. So teaching's always been something I've been fond of. Um, I guess I'm, I'm an assistant instructor at Penn State. Uh, I'm an actual employee. Uh, they help uh, the main professor. Uh, help teach the class and grade the assignments. And so it's, for me, it's, it's how I continuously improve. So, you know, my continuous improvement goal for myself is this is how I do it. It keeps me networking with folks, uh, uh, students all over the world. Uh, it, it allows me to stay relevant on some of the uh, hot topics that, that I want to do. So this is how I learn afterwards uh, a portion of it so uh, a lot of the classes that I've taught uh, or assistant taught with was um, Python and programming I think I did that automation I I don't know maybe four times and then but the one I I typically go in on is the um, cloud uh, computing and server uh, web mapping uh, data collector apps and and things like that so uh, I build those all the time for work and and that's really a ever-evolving thing as well that uh, across the industry and everywhere else. So I enjoy it, you know, and it allows me to uh, just keep on learning and it pays a little bit. So, but it takes up, it takes up a little bit of time, but uh, it, it's, it's definitely been fun. So I enjoy that. And then what was your other one? Was it the Penn State? and um, Being a geomentor with American Association of Geographers. <laughs> Yeah, I signed up for the Geo Mentor, um, and and that one I um, I could probably be doing a better job on. Um, I've I've tried to reach out to different teachers in the organization, so I'm still looking to get plugged in with someone to do the K through 12 models. Uh, I, like I said, I love working for with kids, and I'm always up at my daughter's elementary school, and and uh, and I go up for career day and things like that. So. GeoMentor is something that I'm trying to get in so when she's in middle school next year in high school that I'll be able to be the expert that can work with some of the teachers to implement some of these modules. So that was kind of why I got into that. But 
And we've recently talked as Eurus of Texas to uh, maybe try to do something similar and embrace some of this geo mentor and the Esri and, and bring in some kids. So we, we've definitely been talking about some of that, how to angle that better. Yeah. Um, I know the, the few discussions that we've had, we've just been trying to figure out like how the logistics work and just how to get into schools in the first place. And it's definitely not as straightforward as one would think. It, yeah, it's not, it's not. And so uh, I guess I've, I've reached out a number of times to different uh, professors and teachers at these schools. And, and sometimes, you know, you think, oh, this is a no brainer. You can get it implemented. Uh, um, uh, Esri is going to give ArcGIS online for free with free credits and give you all the modules, but sometimes it just doesn't go into the plan. So you actually got to really work at trying to convince a principal or a teacher to implement it because, you know, they're really hammered hard to be focused on a lot of these tests and start tests. So it's been a little difficult trying to, to crack into that because of uh, how much they force the testing and preparing for the test. They don't have a lot of time to bring in something new into their lesson plan. So it's, and we're gonna we're gonna keep working at it. We'll we'll do something so we can get the uh, K through 12 involved with U.S. of Texas, maybe on a platform or something. But that's a goal of mine is to definitely work with K through 12. Yeah, and you just don't realize how how much structure there is already in in the school system as it is. So people will talk about bringing in these cool programs, or you'll hear about these success stories, and and you don't realize how much work it actually is to do that stuff. You think like, oh, okay, we'll just, we'll start doing this. And no, there's so much bureaucracy and trying to fit it in and trying to get all that stuff organized and figured out and talking with different parties. And there's so much that goes into it. You just, it's unimaginable oh. sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the geo mentoring program, I'm, I'm seeing it be adopted more, in the high school type areas, maybe with some of the, it sure would be fun to get it into elementary because I think that learning about maps, and that's one of the reasons why I started doing the career day. And so they all come in and, you know, I'll show them GIS and the tablet and the mobile apps and things like that. So it's, it's fun to see their, their eyes pop open, but that's, that's just me. I enjoy, enjoy that part of it. So I think career day is something everybody should get involved with and it's just a good feeling plus uh you know you get to help uh mold young minds yeah and I think especially when you're that young you're very impressionable I remember as a kid I used to make maps for fun not realizing you could do this as an actual job so when everybody's whenever someone would ask me oh what do you want to do with when I grew up I would give some strange answer map making or GIS was never an option because I didn't even know you could do that so yeah, teaching it to kids when they're young is amazing because you just don't know about it until it's almost too late. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons I was saying as a young professional, I mean, you just give back, get involved. Like I said, in, in Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, um, it's it's huge around here. And I mean, I guess everywhere, but you know, you could uh, do simple maps, but all that stuff leads into building your portfolio. Like I said, get the GISP portfolio down, use it as a roadmap to, so when you've got your four years of uh, working um, in, in the real world or, you know, or the workforce or however you want to say it, you get four years of time and, 
you got that checked off the portfolio, you'll have the contributions to the field of GIS, which is often some of the harder ones to get because people don't think about it until the last minute. So, but if you're volunteering, you've, you've already got that box checked. I'll say that was a huge reason why I first joined ERISA because I didn't know how to get that volunteer experience. Um, I was trying to figure out who can I volunteer for? Who can I do some GIS for? Um, and when I finally learned about ERISA, it was, that was easy. It's like, okay, let's get involved here. It's, they're going to have the connections. And I could never have imagined what I would have contributed to before I had joined ERISA or ERISA Texas. So yeah. I'd say it's a, Shameless plug here, but it's a great thing to get involved with. And it doesn't have to be a risk. It could be any organization, but a GIS or geospatial organization, I think, is probably a, a good step if that's what we're trying to do, because it's going to push you in the direction you need to go. Well, if it feeds your ambition and feeds your desire to learn and what you're wanting to do and how you want to grow as a professional, then, then go for it. Your of Texas is great. There's wonderful folks that, that work with SCOG and there's other ones. So it, it's just, you know, find your passion. And if it feeds that passion, go for it, but um, definitely get involved. Definitely do your LinkedIn and, you know, take, take your free classes from Esri. Take, take some of these QGIS uh, uh, classes as well. Don't just jump into Esri uh, products. Uh, a lot of them, it's the, it's the, the flagship software most people use, but, you know, dive into your open source and, and make sure you understand it. Uh, download QGIS and play around with it. Bring in some raster imagery. I mean, so you can at least say you've used it and you can have a, a discussion or at least a hold a discussion about it. And so, you know, when it comes time for your interview, you can be able to have some talking points, but uh, Ezra, you'll have those, how do you say it? Is it the, it's the MOOC? Uh, MOOCs. The MOOC. Yeah, and massive so, open online course, I believe. <laughs> by all means, take those classes. Just uh, uh, set it up. Take take it. Take your certificates. If you're if you have the resources available to you in school uh, with uh, ArcGIS Online, and you have access to the Esri Virtual Campus, oh my goodness, you should be taking every single class you possibly can and get your certificate and put it on your resume. And what that tells me, if I see something that shows that they're learning, they're going, they're thinking out of the box and they're learning wherever they possibly can. Again, I'm looking for, I always look for the right person. Most of them, when you hit the engineering firm, like where I'm at is you can train them to do, and you're going to end up training them and showing them what, what you can do anyway. So, you just want the right person. So I really, but any learning opportunity, just build your resume. And, and it doesn't, like I said, you put on there, did map for the Girl Scouts and you'll help do a trail map and things like that. So all of it helps. And it's just the littlest things too. So um, and go to the conferences if you can afford it and um, go up and shake people's hands and say, hello, don't be shy. Yeah, and especially with the local conferences, like they'll usually have like a student rate. So if you're a student, try to get in there as much as you can. It's going to do nothing but help you. Um, you're never going to lose from attending this stuff and meeting people. Yeah, you know, you know I've, I've had people call me 
might regret saying this now, but I mean, I've had, I've had people call me and say, Hey, I've got this person. Would you be open to go to lunch with us and, and, and talk to them? And I was like, absolutely. Sure. Uh, you know, I can't do it all the time. I mean, everybody's busy, but don't be afraid to ask somebody is what I'm saying. I mean, if you think highly of a person and you keep hearing their name and you're wanting to meet them, just write them an email and say, hi, you know, I mean, I've, the one person that I've been trying to get as a retired professor from UT and water resources, and he just couldn't do it. But we exchanged so many emails just when I asked him to uh, uh, do the speaker series, but he gave me and pointed me the right direction for someone else to do the same topic and hit out of the park. But um, you'd be amazed on how open and, and nice people are. So, and Ali, as you're building this and helping with the speaker series. I mean, I think you're finding that out. Just people are nice. Yeah. And I think another key thing is to like actually get to know the person I've had actually a couple of times now people will add me on LinkedIn and then just immediately ask for a recommendation. And I'm like, well, I don't know you. I can't give a recommendation. So it's not just connect with the person, but actually like, like you said, go talk to them, go have lunch with them, get to know them. Because I can't give a recommendation on somebody I don't know, and somebody else can't give you a recommendation if they don't know you. Well, that's so very, I think that's important. <laughs> that's very true, and and uh, I mean, or you know, you could do it virtually, do a Skype call, do a Zoom call. Um, there's uh, what's the Google go? There's a Google uh, Google Chat or Google Google Chat. There's a, there's a I think it's Google Hangout. <laughs> I think you're right there. I mean, so there's all these free things available to you, but that you could do this stuff virtually. Uh, I know at Penn State that we have done these networking um, sessions in the evening where past uh, alumni and professionals will be asked to sit and you're, it's all virtual. So I can sit on my back porch here and I just log in and you sit in the chat room. I do. And basically somebody pops into a chat room and it's timed for four minutes or five minutes and you chat away and they ask you questions like this and you talk to them. And then when their time's up, they get kicked out. Someone else comes on in. And, and so it's a great way for networking. And, and we've talked about. Sounds like speed dating for GIS. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. And, and, but uh, uh, you can exchange numbers and um, if they say, Hey, I'm looking for a job here, you can help direct them in the right so it's just networking, and, and we, we have talked about doing something like that with Eurisa Texas, and I think it'd be a fantastic thing. Uh, we just got to figure out the logistics on the whole thing. You know, some people still want to do it face-to-face, but I think we would have a, a great turnout if we tried one virtually, and I think it would go over well. But Yeah, especially with how big the state is. I mean, we try to, to spread out, but the reality is Texas is massive, and um, like we've got the centers where we've been able to do in-person stuff and just trying to grow out the rest of the state. I know we've had people from like Midland and Panhandle try to just like, Hey, we're out here too. We're like, yes. Okay. We'd love to get out there. And just, it's trying to grow the volunteers because like we're based in, I'm based in DFW. You're based in the Austin area. Um, it's hard for us to get out there. So trying yeah. to get the volunteers in those areas so we can run the events there. Um, so if you're listening out there, <laughs> give us a call because we'd love to get stuff out there in your areas. Oh yeah, no, no. Um, I think uh, out out in that area with uh, Lubbock, Midland, and the Panhandle, and uh, they've got such a presence and and really 
really high quality professionals out there that I, I know a bunch of them. So we really need to get out there and, and try to push it and, and market that. And, but we're trying to grow all over the place. It's, it's pretty wild to, you know, California's in a similar boat. They have maybe four different type chapters, four or five, but yeah, they've got several chapters for just the one state, which is. Yeah. And they're, they're all, and they're all, they're all separate chapters. So we're, we're definitely the biggest state with a single state chapter. We won chapter of the year in 2017, um, which was pretty fantastic. We're, we're looking to duplicate that very soon. At least we're, we're moving that direction on our, our uh, board members uh, roadmap for years of Texas. But yeah, we would definitely want to grow it. So, and, and I think we're doing a really good job uh, in the last year to be able to make that big push where you, you don't get it started and it fall apart. So I think we have the solid feet under us right now that we can start growing out here in these different regions. And, and I'm excited to see it happen. Um, so another fun thing that you do um, is you've gotten into drones and using drone for yeah. work. Yeah, they um at my job and what I've done over the years is is I've never fortunately I don't think I could handle it if I was doing the exact same thing every single day, the exact same, you know, land use or future land use map even though it's it's good stuff. I like to learn. I like to keep doing all kinds of different things. And with that, I've done a lot of stuff in water resources design, a lot of field work. I've got, you know, 15, 16 years of field work doing archaeology and GPS and bathymetry surveys with a total station. And so I have all this technology and remote sensing. So everything that I've done, they've been trying to get a drone program going for about four, five, six years. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it was a scary thing. My company is very conservative on things. And and finally, they just decided they wanted to do it right. I switched groups uh, from the stormwater group that I was in for eight years. And then uh, I switched to business technology, more corporate role. They gave and they told me that I was the new head of the uh, drone program. Get it started up and running, right? The policy, I mean, from start Not to intimidating finish. at all, but you're really good at starting new things. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. had a good base to, you knew how to find that information and how to, how to go yeah. do it, even yeah. if you didn't know how to do the exact thing. And, and, and they, you know, they knew I was highly involved with Eurissa Texas and they, they've, my, my company has always been very supportive of Eurissa Texas. Uh, they've let me use their facilities. They've given money for food for us at workshops and they've been very supportive of me. Um, they actually gave me, um, an award in 2017, I believe, 18, one of those years, uh, I won the, uh, there's four main awards at the company and it was the, uh, professional services award for the year out of, you know, very well deserved. <laughs> so, so they really recognize and support what I'm doing and what I've done or my portion given to Eurista Texas. And so gave me the drone program and said, here, get this going because they know I can write and we had to have a policy. We had to have procedures. And to be honest, there's some people that still, they just hate to write. And I'm, I don't know, fortunately I've written hundreds and hundreds of different papers and I give presentations all the time. So, so, you know, at any rate, I said, okay, basically I 
head of the drone program. We started out, we had one drone, and now we have seven drones. We have a survey grade GPS. Um, I've had to get my pilot's license, and starting it from the ground up has been another daunting task because the policy the first six months of last year was just nothing but research and writing and, and making sure you do it right because at my company we uh, one of our mottos is you know we want to be the, the advisor of choice to our clients and we want to be where they have a problem they come to us because they know they're going to get a solution but we do things right and so uh, some people might do it one way we make sure we do it right. So the policy was written and then I had to get pilots across the company because we have offices all over Texas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, um, Louisiana. So we're growing at a rapid pace. So I have to get pilots in these areas. So put together a pilot training program, but we're flying missions. Are you recruiting people as specifically as drone pilots? Are you taking current employees and training them to be a drone pilot? At, at present, we're just doing current trainees, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, current employees and that are interested. They We talk to their managers, group managers, and see if they have some capacity to contribute to this. Everybody's really excited about the technology. They want to get involved with it. So yeah, um, uh, every, it's, all, it's been pretty good. A lot of people overthink the test because you have to take your FAA 107 Definitely. exam. Um, you know, I overthought it when I took my test, but I did it because I, as the leader of the program, I needed to know everything. I needed to make sure I had a grasp on all of it. Well, Very, and there's so many administration stuff that you have to know for that test. It's not just, hey, how to read an aerial chart, how to, how yeah. to fly the drone. It's like, hey, what are the rules? What are the FAA rules? There's a lot of that stuff, and it's it's kind of boring, but you have to know it. <laughs> you do, you do, and you're you're absolutely right. So, you know, I compiled the study guides. Uh, we we joined uh, DroneU. Um, they have a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can watch them on YouTube. You can watch a lot of their stuff for free. But we went ahead and got a subscription. They have all kinds of training videos, and uh, I think I ended up getting the uh, app uh, Remote Pilot. It was like four ninety nine, and I ended up studying a plane flight to Georgian back and I sat there on the plane and just took test after test and you know it, it just sinks in over yeah. so I've, I got my pilots uh, trained up in, geographically in different regions and you know we're flying missions for engineering projects I'm not interested in winning straight drone services uh, for what we're doing maybe that'll mm-hmm. come being able to provide uh, stuff for the engineers to win projects or or, or enhance projects. Uh, it's an innovative approach, and it's been a lot of fun. I've had to learn a lot of new software because using a survey grade drone, everybody wants to use it because you're getting between one to three centimeters of vertical accuracy, which is insane. That's with photogrammetry. Crazy accurate, yeah. <laughs> but you have to be able to plan the mission right and. You got to conduct things a certain way to achieve that goal. And so everybody wants to do it, but I had to learn it and then teach it back out and the right software. There's a lot of software out there. So what do you use? So I had to vet a lot of that. Uh, I settled on PIX4D. PIX4D, if you actually take a hard look at it, the PIX4D engine is the underlining engine for most all of them from, I, I believe, 3DR, I think uh, Esri's uh, 
drone to map it's uh behind that as well so everybody uses it it's in their engine to help process but we went with pix4d i've got drone to map as well and then uh now i process most of that stuff in the cloud at first i didn't so i learned the, de the desktop in and out and now we push it up to the cloud and it's deliverable has been pretty fantastic so it's been a lot of fun but it's definitely it's definitely been taxing and it's taken a lot of time but um but now that it's going everybody's excited now i gotta keep control over them I'm like all right you gotta keep this under one umbrella guys let's <laughs> so <laughs> ladies but, it takes a lot of energy to get that momentum going but once you've got it then it just kind of fuels itself but you got to keep control on it because you gotta you gotta do certain things right from documenting your missions and make sure you have all that recorded in case the FAA comes in. So there's so many little things that you just got to take care of instead of just going out and flying it and taking some pictures. I wish it was that simple, but it looks that simple, but and that's the key. So, but well, it's fine. This has been an amazing conversation here. I think you've got a lot of stuff that you've been able to share with everybody. Um, I just want to thank you again for, for giving us your time on this Sunday and, and just all the time you've actually put into Eurissa, Texas. I mean, that's been amazing that you got that started and we're all involved in that and we're just keeping it going. And just thank you so much for, for getting that. And, and thanks right. for chatting with me today. Okay. All right. Well, I sure do appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Brian. Okay. Bye.